0: this is Come On Kind with Martin Quilty and Onya Farley.
1: Welcome back to Come On Kind for episode number three. We're on season two this evening, Anya. It's great to be back again. And this evening we are going to be reviewing the Ashburn final weekend that was just held in the WIT Arena last weekend as well. And what a weekend it was for all of our colleges. Of course, Kilkenny Miners were playing against Clare as well uh, at the weekend. And they came away with a very tidy victory indeed to top their group. And I am delighted to say right now as we are being joined on the phone line by the minor manager Mick Wall Mick you're very welcome to come on kind with us this evening
2: Hi so, Martin, how
1: are you? How are All good now yourselves. Well, first of all I suppose your game was scheduled for last Sunday in Father McNamara Park and for those who are listening in that may not be aware, small little blip uh, as we might call it in the road before throw in. ye turned up to Father McNamara Park and the referee deemed the pitch unplayable so fill us in a small little bit on it.
2: Um, well, I suppose you're half right, Martin. Yeah, we we turned up, uh, we were there reasonably early, as were most of the players. We had um, gotten word out that morning that Wexford and Clare were playing in, in Ennis and the Harland. So we just wanted everyone to be mindful of travel time, as m- most people have been coming in the same way. So I suppose most of our panel and management team, I know most of the management team were there about quarter past 12. The players started to come in from, I suppose, that time as well, and even half which was probably a little early than earlier than we'd like. But um, myself and a few of few of the lads, we walked the pitch, and um, where the pitch was solid, it was hole and water. So like it wasn't ideal. There was a lot of big puddles around the middle of the field, especially the goal mounts You would actually sink in. So. They hadn't actually they said that they'd got an awful lot of rain overnight they hadn't actually walked the pitch that morning and uh, we just asked them like what is the hope of getting an alternative venue if the referee doesn't pass the field. Now, to be fair to the Clare County Board, I couldn't say enough good things. They tried everything in their power and they actually did come up with an alternative venue about about eight miles away in a place called Kilmele. Now, the referee arrived and he deemed the pitch to be wet but satisfactory for the game to go ahead. His one concern was one of the goal notes where basically the players would you know, the goalkeeper would sink if, if they were in it. Um, I suppose ourselves and the Clare management uh, were in agreement if um, the referee would let the game be moved. We requested that it be moved to a more suitable pitch and, it, and make the, I said it
1: was Sorry for cutting across you this is not to make yeah. Clare look bad or anything that way but I mean in this day and age I mean there is referees in Clare as well for a team to be travelling that distance especially the, of an important game in an All-Ireland Championship surely the pitch could have been inspected a small bit earlier before you travelled and had the accommodation to go I mean your start time was then obviously put back um, a half an hour to half past two as well which upset your plans as well because like most teams you had everything sorted you had your time sorted for your warm up and the whole lot and it kind of threw you out a small little bit
2: well it did it it did but like look we certainly looked as I said in relation to the Clare County board and especially the Clare chair, chairperson like they did they did do their best once we once they knew the pitch wasn't playable like really truly like could the match have gone along with us it could but it would have been it would have been just a disaster it wouldn't have been what was fair to the girls at all you know like as I said I can see what the referee was saying it was going to be more messy than dangerous because the girls wouldn't have sank but there was puddles of water there were six inches of water in, in some places. and um, look I, I know it was unfortunate look probably in hindsight if they'd had a a backup venue I know we had a backup venue organised for when we played Waterford the week previous if the rain was bad and Thomastown couldn't couldn't be played but look that's all in hindsight Um, it did throw us off a bit but I suppose to be fair all the Clare players are there as well and the Clare management and they had to move as well so you know I suppose really and truly it was the very same for them as it was for us
1: I suppose talk to us a small bit about the game then you knew yourselves going down that having defeated Waterford the week before a draw was going to guarantee at least to come out of the group um, either in first or second depending on other results a win would have definitely guaranteed you top spot you came away with the win then uh, the scoreline I suppose might reflect the game, you might go into it itself. it was a 5 point victory so give us your overall impressions of the game uh, last Sunday
2: it was a very tough and it was a very physical game and it was it was funny because when we were in um, Ennis there was no wind whatsoever but when we started to head towards towards the coast uh, the wind started to get um, a lot a lot a lot harder and you know it, it did have a have a look at it was going to be a game of two halves uh, the first half we were on top but we we had the line share the possession with the ball in the net but it was pulled back because. There was no advantage coming. I don't know how that that seemed, but look, they, they're they're the cause, the calls that were coming. Um, look, we 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 missed a few easy goal chances as well, and look, we went in a point ahead. Which I, to be fair, you know, where we didn't play well, I thought we should have gone in a few points more. But um, look, the second half came, and I suppose it was tit for tat for maybe the first eight, ten minutes and to be fair the girls, the girls started to hurt a little bit better then and the um, score started to come a little bit freer so I think with about three or four minutes to go we were six points up so it was literally a case of see out the job you know, it didn't make a difference so did we win by one point, two points or, or five points as long as we got the win and got into the knockout stages
1: Yeah that was certainly the important bit for yourselves and you've done that fairly comprehensively like two wins out of two scoring 28 points in the process uh, with 15 points uh, against I suppose in a way I, you haven't scored a goal in this year's championship yet and we've seen what happens with Limerick uh, all through the years that they've been going without scoring goals Galway um, is the same but I suppose the main objective for yourselves was to get out of the group and you did do. Now obviously that puts you in a precarious situation as well because you now don't know who you're going to be playing yet. You are in the knockout stage. You go into the group as group winners but with the Camogie, it's slightly different that there's three group winners come out. So we're assuming that yourselves is now in and Cork is in. And um, there's another round of games still to go in group three yet. So, I mean, depending on how results go there, uh, Tipperary, Wexford, Limerick, they're still all in the shake up there. Kilkenny, Cork, guaranteed to be in that draw. But the draw is going to be made, and two teams will come out and go into the semi final. And one team then will go into the quarter final with the group or the second teams in each group. So You're left in a a kind of a precarious situation at the minute that you don't know whether you're going to be in a semi-final or a quarter-final yet
2: yeah, we're we we've still been we're still missing a number of players through injury and and um like we've had one or two down with COVID as well over the last number of weeks. So we we have still yet to get our panel together. Um even last week our training was very, very, very tame because obviously we were recovering from the water again but also we uh, we didn't ask any the leave inserts that were sitting their mock exams to come in come in and um, train with them. so we've given the girls tonight off and uh, we'll resume training now again Thursday night and Sunday but um, yeah look it's it, it is it, it's looking like Tipperary are going to come out with the other group um, they have two very impressive wins underneath their belt so I would expect them to to go ahead and no disrespect to Antrim I expect them to beat Antrim in the last game and top their group so you know we'll see it's a lottery then we'll see we'll see what happens Um Myself personally, and I know the rest of the management team. Will be the same. We're, you know, if we get drawn in a quarter final, we don't have a problem with that because you know, going into a semi final with no competitive game, um, with a number of players um, to come back, it's probably not ideal. But that's not saying if we get into a quarter final that we're guaranteed to come over. We're not saying that at all. But um, I suppose for our own preparation, it's very hard this time of the year to actually get any competitive games.
1: And it's a long time away, Mick, as well, when you're talking about competitive games. The quarterfinals themselves are not down until the 13th of March. And the semi-finals, if you are lucky enough to come out of that draw, are not until the 20th of March. So, like, that's a five-week gap um, that's there. And to try and keep teams training and to get, as you say, competitive games and keep the level of fitness and, you know, intensity up for that period of time, it can be a bit hard on girls to keep the focus going into a long period of time, even if it is an all-earn semi-final.
2: Oh, of course, like you know, I'm I'm sure Anya, the former player, will will echo that. It's it's impossible. Like you know, you'll always train. You know, you can say you're you're training really really hard, but you're always going to train hard. You know, a week out, two weeks out from a from a team, it's impossible to get, as you said, the intensity levels up. You know, to where they need to be potentially four or five weeks out, and I suppose this goes back to our conversation last week of you know you know we, we were I'm not going to say force, but the games were were played on a Saturday, on a day after an All Ireland Schools final when they didn't seem to be much. You know, if they were to hold back a fixture or two, there was there was plenty of time in the calendar. Like I don't think it's ideal for like. Look, you go back to last year. We got the quarter final. Galway and Cork didn't, and uh, they had the four week break last year. You know, Cork. You know, we we were lucky enough to come over Galway and Cork only won their semi-final by a pint against the Dublin team who had a quarter-final. So, you know, I'm not saying it it, it works into anyone's advantage, but I certainly don't think it's a massive disadvantage for any team to have to play a quarter-final because, you know, if, if you're looking... To go on and win the thing and be competitive, or at least get to a final, you know, you want to be able, you know, say to yourself, "Well, you're good enough to get over a quarter final." But look, it, it is a strange thing. It, it again, it's something that we'll, you know, we hope that maybe it's looked at a little differently for for next year, um, just to give everything uh, the competition, the probably the proper recognition and the proper, you know, um, plaudits that it deserves.
1: Yeah, and I suppose like the GAA, we've seen it as well when it comes to quarter-final stages that someone that has uh, maybe a round-robin game going into a uh quarter-final... it certainly helps the momentum for the team going in with it than someone who may have come out of the, let we'll say, the Munster final or the Leinster final or whatever and they're going straight into a knockout game and there's a huge gap there, sometimes a four or five weeks depending on when those games are on. So you're kind of in the, the same boat as that but as you say, you still haven't had your full team together yet between injuries you know, you said it last week, you had a couple of COVID cases, you had a couple this weekend as well. So I mean to get all your girls back and get them training fit, it gives you a of time to be able to do that but still I don't know personally if it was me and if I was a manager I would love to have a quarter final um, and have games going in now there's no guarantee you're going to come out of a quarter final, but at least it's a competitive match before you go into an All-Ireland semi-final because I think a five week gap going into an All-Ireland semi-final to have a team cold going into it certainly puts somebody at a disadvantage but that's just me
2: no, Martin, you're dead, right? Like, you look at ourselves in Cork now, ourselves in Cork, um, you know, we're finished now. And no matter who, if if either one of us gets drawn in a quarterfinal, the team we'll get drawn against will have paid on the 27th of February, which is two weeks after our last game and two weeks before the final. You know, so they—they've had that competitive game. They must win it. It's not just to go out and fulfill the fixture. Anyone that wants to qualify now in in either the runner-up positions or the top place position must go out and win their last game. They—they they didn't turn around. If if we get drawn ourselves and Cork are drawn into the semi-final, we're sitting cold for five weeks. And the, the teams that we'll have played will have played two competitive games in that, in that space of time. Not one, but two. Their last round game and their quarter final
1: so So momentum is with that team as well as I was saying earlier like they have mm -hmm. a more advantage you know I won't say it's more of an advantage but it certainly helps that as you said their last game is not till the 27th of February they then have a couple of weeks break to whoever comes out in the quarter finals to play the 13th of March and then the semi-finals are down for the 20th of March but I suppose that's the hand as they are making that's the one that's being dealt but one way or another where you're in the quarter finals uh, or the semi-finals where know that you're going to be in one of them you're certainly going to be relishing the challenge and looking forward to it
2: oh yeah look as I said we're not making excuses like you know the way if we if if, if lady look comes at us and we go straight into a semi-final I don't know if you call that lady look but you know we, we'll take that and we'll the one good thing about us we said it last year we have an extremely strong panel we have an extremely good panel so we can have those competitive matches in training um, like I said we are we, we have made a, a few um, calls about challenge matches that unfortunately they're not easy to get at the moment but look you know, all is not lost, but um, no, listen, look, the girls are there, they're they're extremely driven, bunch, they're they are they have their head screwed on. And no, look, whatever whatever happens, all we can do as a management team is try to make sure that they're prepared as best we possibly can, um, keep them healthy, keep them right. And um, we certainly won't need to make them hungry for victory, they have that already. But um, look, whatever hand is dealt, we're going to, have to do our very best to uh, to roll with it. But yeah, it's probably it's probably a debate for another day. The uh, the structure of the uh, the minor the minor championship.
1: Yeah, it certainly is. We have lots of debates that we could be going through over the last number of weeks between uh, scheduling and colleges and.
2: You, con- you content for it anyway. <laughs> you content for the podcast.
1: There's always plenty of contact around, Mick. But we're all looking forward to the challenge that's going to be posed uh, in front of you there later on in the knockout stages. We're going to be following all the way and with intense entice- our entire anticipation is the word I'm trying to get out of me here at the minute we're certainly going to be keeping an eye on that and keeping all of our listeners uh, up to date of when them games and who we are going to be playing in it but anyway well done on the, the two victories in the last two games you've now qualified out of uh, that group as uh, group winners we're going to see as I said later on when the draws in them will be done probably we think maybe not till after the 27th of February would it be right?
2: We would imagine so. We would imagine so. Um, I, I couldn't see him being done before that because there is that round of games. Okay, as I said, I, I still think you know it looks like Tipperary, but they could, they could be caught on on a score difference. But it's the, it's this it's the runners up. So you still have Galloway and Dublin to to play off for the the runners up in their group. You've Clare and Waterford to to play off for the runner, runners up of ours. And then it looks like it's going to be um, a shootout between. Exford and uh, Limerick in the other one so look it's um, it's a, look, it's an exciting championship without a shout
1: those Well it certainly is and we know that you are the reigning All-Ireland champions and we're going to look forward as we said to the knockout stages but as always Mick thanks very much for joining us here on Come On Kind this evening uh, you're always gracious with your interviews and with your time and you never say no to us so we do really appreciate it and best of luck when you get to the knockout stages
2: Pleasure Martin mind yourself
1: Thank you. That was indeed Mick Wall, the minor manager there with uh Kenny and I'm delighted that I'm joined in studio by my co-host, Anya Fahi. So Anya, a uh, good all round weekend for the miners. Two wins out of two. They come out of that group as group winners. They go in with Cork, but there's still a few matches to be played in them groups. Um I mean Dublin and Galway. Who would have thought Galway would be bottom of the group with Dublin uh, in that group? Cork mm-hmm. coming away with two wins out of two so we'll start with the Kilkenny group at the minute so Kilkenny uh, go out of that as group winners there is a game <coughs> to be played between Clare and Waterford next both of those are winless at the minute so I suppose out of those two teams who do you fancy to come out as runners up to ourselves in that group
0: like I suppose the way you're kind of looking at it and I suppose we probably you know don't get the opportunity to see enough minor games realistically throughout the year especially from other other um, counties but um, solely based on score difference at the moment you would potentially have to go for a Clare in that game. Um, there is only a three point difference in the score difference between both teams but you know and as I said I'm solely going on the score difference there. You would have to say Clare would be the second team to come out of that group. I suppose then in group two like you know um, 223 Cork have raked up already. That's a massive score from two games as well and you know as you mentioned Galway that's it's definitely a massive shock for them to be sitting at the bottom of that and I'm sure that's, um, that's a situation that they definitely don't want to be in um, Dublin. Even more worrying
1: though, mm-hmm. they've only scored six points out of the game that they had already, like which is not Galway esque when you look at the the groups of girls that they have up there.
0: No, certainly not. Like and I suppose that you know that's six points six points to eight um in favour of Cork in the first day out and you know they probably will be bitterly disappointed, you know, considering that Dublin were throwing up fifteen points against against um against that Cork team. You know, Dublin and Dublin and Galway going into the last game on the twenty seventh of February, you would have to say you would have to probably tip Galway to, to come out victors in that game um, but you know Dublin I suppose will be kind of full of confidence with the scores that they did rake up against Cork even though they didn't get a goal but you know to them they're probably feeling that you know they got enough probably scorers on the board compared to what Galway did in the previous game like six points it's a poor kind of overturn now we don't know what the weather was like we don't know if that kind of you know well, had any effects on it That but, game was the
1: same as our weekend that mm, uh, the presentation Athan Roy was actually playing. Yeah. and some of the colleges' teams in Cork was out as well that mm. weekend so maybe that contributed to the low scoring uh, affair that was there we seen ourselves in Waterford um, like there wasn't too much in it when we played it there was yeah. uh, what maybe 6, 7 it could have been even uh, 8 points there at one stage Like so there wasn't much in it um, but even so like for a Galway team you know only to be scoring 6 points in one game and to be at the bottom of the table with a minus 2 uh, actually score Difference because that goes whatever way that they're doing it at the minute. But, um, so you're fancying Cork and Galway to come out of that group. I
0: would, you would be kind of expecting Cork and Galway, and just as you mentioned there, yeah, definitely. I would imagine the prez and um, paying Loretto and Saturday had something to do with, um, you know, probably girls being very tired, um possibly fully drained from having to play a match the day before because we all know that game went to extra time and then went to um, a free shootout there so yeah you would be expecting Galway to come out as the second team in that but Cork are definitely cruising you know they're sitting happy there and they don't have to worry about it they can just you know go back to the drawing board and focus on themselves like Kilkenny can over the next couple of weeks Um, just kind of relaying on to what Mick said yeah you know you're probably better off trying to get a quarter final if there is going to be a five week lull in it because nothing beats competitive games um, and you, the fear of going stale as well and you have to remember a lot of these girls are probably sitting mocks probably last week or this week and that can, itself can be physically and mentally draining for those girls and you know you've often seen you, you'd often hear of a girl maybe you know taking a break while she's doing her exams and then coming back mm-hmm. and she's just completely flat, she's completely drained and you know I suppose that's probably something that the lads are going to have to keep an eye on as well you know giving the girls the week off last week because they are doing the mocks, yeah definitely you know a great shout from them because it isn't Important to look after them mentally as well. Um, Going into Group Three, then you know Tipperary have. This is wide open, really. Three thirty-three. You probably can't see, like, you couldn't really see Antrim beating him in the last game. I'd say Tipperary will probably use that opportunity to empty the bench. They don't look like they're going to be caught there. Really, to be fair, I'd say their score difference is kind of is going to push them, regardless of the result against Antrim. I would imagine the score difference is going to push them and keep them at the top of that table. The Wexford Limerick battle, you know, that's going to be a tasty affair. I suppose it's more or less a do or die for both teams in in that situation. So it's this group really coming down. To to the wire um, in the last game of who's going to get the second place position Um, you know I suppose for Wexford you know kind of winning the Junior All-Ireland last year you know is there a bit of an oomph back in Wexford out after winning you know the Leinster Club Championship there and last year's All-Ireland Championship you know there might be a bit of um, a spring in their step down in Wexford so you know maybe we could be looking at Wexford to slightly pip Limerick in that game.
1: Well it's great to see Wexford back up in the yeah. Championship like we know that they did compete in the B Championship for uh, a couple of years as well because they were down there. Now the only thing is I mean even looking at Antrim they certainly won't give it easy to Tipperary like mm. they've scored two. Four against Wexford, and they scored three six the last day against Limerick. Like so, Antrim can get goals, yep. um, but as we said, Tipperary just seem to be on a, a different level in that group um, at the minute. So then you're tipping Wexford to
0: come out of that then between Wexford uh, and yeah, between Wexford and Limerick. I'd be going for
1: Wexford. Well, it that will that be because both yeah. of them are playing one another. Mm-hmm. So really, whichever team comes out of that, um, unless there's a draw, and then it goes into head-to-heads and scoring difference. When we're not going to get into that debate. No. Um, at the hmm. minute but yeah I suppose then on the format you know we, we've we seen it in the senior championship last year that three groups three winners comes out of it you know three teams go into a hat two teams come out of it well and good to play in the semi-final you have one team left then that goes into the quarter-final with the other teams but there's such a huge vast of a, a break for mm. the teams that's involved in it and as you probably heard me saying it to make what's your opinion like would you rather see them playing in a quarter final and have a bit of momentum going into the semi final or Give the girls that bit of a time to gel better, maybe. You know, as he said, he hasn't had his full team together yet um, and try and get that couple of weeks to get and perfect everything that he wants to do. You're, you're a player, so I mean, which would you rather?
0: Like, I suppose you can kind of look at it from, you know, two different sides there, really. Yeah, it would be absolutely brilliant to get a quarter final game in it, um, just solely to dust off the cobwebs. But then again, like, it is a quarter final, it's knockout. So, you know, do, are you wishing yourself to get into quarter final? and potentially maybe having a loss in it and when you could have you know possibly got to a semi-final went straight to a semi-final instead I suppose it's a hard one's call. call um, as a manager you know you'd love the opportunity to say yeah you went straight through to a semi-final and to be great it's kind of like one less game you have to worry about one you know less 60 minutes that you have to fe- that you feel you have to get over um, but then on the other side of it is not having a competitive game for five weeks you know there's going to be serious rust going into a game yeah it's cobwebs. a huge gap isn't it yeah like it, it's very very long and then to me this is just my opinion um, I just think I just think the way it's structured is a bit I personally, I think it's just a bit crazy. I know, like, okay, just looking at the minor uh, minor setup there at the moment, you've got ten teams in it. What would be the harm in having two groups of five, having more games, and having the top two teams go straight into a semi final or whatever the case may be? I
1: suppose it's scheduling again, yeah. like that you're probably going in too far into the league games and but lesser teams are using the younger players and that. I I can't say for yeah. definite, but but
0: then you have such a, then you have such a break of so many weeks between games. Like you know, I I, I just feel like. And it's one thing that really it kind of, you know, it annoys me as well with the senior and intermediate, the way they do it, do it as well, like three team, three groups and then a quarter final stage to me. And I suppose maybe this is just being old fashioned or traditional about it. If you're going to play in a quarter final, there should be four groups and the top two, like, you know, the, the, top, the top two teams go into the quarter finals, you know, first place, eighth or whatever the case may be personally I think that's the way it should be done um, I just think we're just making well, life split, a little bit difficult yeah, for ourselves With the split
1: season I don't think this is going yeah. to happen anytime soon so this is probably going to be the norm even at senior and intermediate level at the minute we're probably going to be seeing mm. um, a hell of a lot more of this but yeah look Kenny are there they're in the, the knockout stages it's great for all the girls to still be there you know whoever they get to play and I suppose the objective was to get out of the group first of all if they got out of it as group winners yeah. um, with the skill scheduling in the whole lot of the colleges games that was in it they've done the first part of the job anyway so looking forward now to the knockout games
0: Yeah certainly is and I suppose as Mick said like they do have a couple of um, injuries and you know unfortunately there has been a couple of COVID cases or whatever ca- uh, whatever the case may be so it does give them ample opportunity to get their girls fully recovered um, you know I suppose with so many girls playing so many competitive games over the last couple of weeks on in a row and on the trot you know this time can maybe be used as a recovery for them as well, so if there is any niggles or anything like that, that they can be kind of focusing in on that, you know, because if you know, God forbid, if a girl does come up with like you know a serious injury, like a hamstring or whatever the case may be, she still has five weeks out, so you know she could potentially turn it around, like you know with you know proper rehab or whatever the case may be. Um, so yeah, like it is, it is a difficult spot, but it's great that they have topped their group and they're, they've they've done what they wanted to do within the first two games so that they can kind of, you know, take it easy a little bit, but you know, focus on the next couple of weeks and focus on getting themselves right and getting all the girls back into top condition.
1: Exactly. Well, we're certainly going to be looking forward to the knockout stages and we'll have all the action with you on KCLR 96FM on scoreline.ie and of course with ourselves here on Come On Kind as well. The other big uh, part on you that was on last weekend and we know that you were down in the WIT arena was the CC A.O. third level colleges Ashbourne Cup final weekends of course the games were played last, Ju- last, Wednesday night. last yeah. Tuesday and Wednesday night the semi-finals were played I know it was a double header in Pilltown <coughs> that went down to the wire DCU and UCD came out of it DCU was uh, playing in their first ever or got into their first ever final against UCD and it was a fantastic weekend I know you were there I'm going to get your thoughts on it shortly but I am delighted to be joined on the line this evening by Jennifer Norris, who is the secretary of the CCAO uh, committee. I know I might have said she was the chair last year. Maybe she's going to take up that mantle uh, next year. We don't know. But Jennifer, you're very welcome here too. Come on, Cointon. Thanks for joining us this evening.
3: Thanks
1: very much, Martin. How are you Anya? How are you you doing? I suppose, first of all, Jennifer, can you fill us in exactly what the CCAO does in terms of the promotion of, let's say, Camogie within the colleges um, and exactly what you were planning for? I know it's been hard with COVID the last two years and you haven't been able to run the third level colleges. So first of all, it's great that the colleges have been back. Um, We've been treated to an awful lot of games. So fill us in, first of all, I suppose, on exactly what the that the CCAO committee does?
3: Yeah, so we've got the four divisions in the championship now and as I said, there was only three in it there when I took over about three years About four years ago, I suppose, and that was one of the things that a lot of the colleges wanted was more games for, I suppose, the the smaller colleges and stuff like that. So now we've got the likes of um, Ulster University, uh, McGee and Coleraine have teams in there, and it, uh, it allows for kind of competitive games for even the likes of Marino in Dublin, who I suppose would be a lot smaller than most of the other Dublin colleges. So. I suppose that's one of the main things that we've been pushing for the last few years is to make sure that this game is for everybody in college, that it's not just the bigger colleges that are taking over. Um, I know when you look at the finals over the weekend, there was a lot of big colleges in it, even in the lower divisions. But you have to think that, I suppose, a lot of the, uh, the smaller colleges would have got good games out of them, and that was all that they wanted was to get actual, actual good competitive games so that's the Umwele gone is the fourth division. Then uh, the next one up from that is the uh, Father Mar, which UCC won um, on Saturday, um, and that was kind of always the lowest division, but now it's not anymore because it's it's after building up that way. And I suppose uh, then after that you've got the Purcell and the Father and the Ashburn, which are I suppose the most fi- the the most uh, famous of the of the competitions. um, Yeah the
1: Ashburn would have been I suppose the Super Bowl of colleges in terms of playing in that Um, I know during Covid when you started the competitions when you were able to back last September when you started the the league format and that you didn't know I suppose whether you could have had crowds um, and there was no venue put on the CCAO finals as it normally would have been like for a lot of people you know you play your semi-finals and your finals over a big weekend that you get all the colleges together in the one spot and Miss Efenonia has been been speaking about it before um, I suppose though you were lucky enough to be able to get into the fantastic facilities in the WIT arena for uh, last weekend so I suppose just the logistics of it then for yourselves um, how do you come to decide where a venue was going to be uh, held or that where you're going to hold finals and hopefully that you can get back to the same format that you had with the semi-finals and the finals all in the
3: weekend for next year Yeah well certainly that would be our aim for next year to get back to that weekend fixture it's always such a big deal for everyone in the Komogi calendar so we would love to get back to that next year but I suppose this year was a very very different kind of a year to, to the rest of them in that we didn't have a clue what we would be able to, to uh, what way the competition would, would look so it was even I think the first or second week of January we were looking at it and we're saying there's no way we'd be able to have a big massive weekend with the way that COVID numbers were and then suddenly a week or two later the whole place was opened up again and it was I suppose a bit disappointing that we couldn't then bring all our semi-finals and finals together but um, no it was brilliant to get into the wit Arena there for the weekend for for all the finals at least like I know a lot of the colleges they love to have that they love to have a college Host, but uh, unfortunately, this year I suppose colleges themselves didn't know what things were going to look like, and they were they didn't want to commit to it, I suppose, um, which is very understandable because they were had students online and they had they were a bit all over the place I think at the start of the year so it was it, we were just very lucky that we got into the WIT arena but I suppose logistically then <laughs> trying to find venues and everything for, for all those semi-finals midweek was tough uh, as you probably know yourself getting pitches at this time of the year especially under lights can be a bit of a challenge but uh, no we were delighted like so many clubs up and down the country they, they were great to facilitate us and uh, we're, I suppose we're very grateful to all them and and to everyone that helped with getting all that
0: pulling it all together Um, I must say Jen I was actually at the matches on Wednesday last Wednesday and I was at them at the weekend as well and I must say fair play to yourself and all the committee that are involved there because there was you know it was seriously well done everything was done so professionally as well and you could see just the amount of teams and the amount of supporters that were actually there uh, was there for uh, both days but just to go back to I suppose the you know the different Um, the different grades you have it must be really kind of you know satisfying for you as a committee to see you know the amount of teams that are involved and the amount of players that are going through the whole competition not just for the final weekend but through you know the league stages and the championship stages
3: Yeah yeah no it's actually it's brilliant and we are delighted over the last few years the numbers have increased massively I just did very rough calculations there last night and I think were, we're catering for nearly a thousand girls playing camogie in college with the potential for more, there's a, num- a number of colleges are saying that they could enter a second or a third team next year. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's brilliant to see Camogie getting that kind of promotion. And I suppose it comes as well not only from the promotion of our competitions, but from the likes of the GDOs in the college that they're giving the support to the girls in the colleges and they're pr- they're promoting the game within each college, no matter what the level. It's not just the Ashburn teams, it's the Father Maher, it's the Purcell, it's the Umweilagon, it's all the levels are getting promoted by each each of the colleges so yeah we are delighted with that
0: Yeah and it's great to see and you know even if we just kind of touched down on we say last Wednesday night semi-finals um, for the Ashburn down in Piltown you know great to obviously get Piltown to host the games but you know a really good, decent crowd turned out for it as well midweek
3: Yes yeah exactly and look no, I suppose that on a personal note I was delighted to have it in Piltown obviously I'm being from Piltown and and they, they really did they were delighted to have it themselves and they, they really wanted to make it a kind of a professional set up so it was great but um yeah like and, and to have so much support there and everything it, it was it was a brilliant evening there yeah
0: and then obviously then on to sunday for the parcel cup final and the ashburn cup final um were you kind of was, was there any kind of fear about you know things going wrong or anything like that on the weekend because there <laughs> is a lot of pressure on you nothing
3: going wrong but um, i think we, we got away with very little going wrong i think our biggest issue over the the two days of the weekend was that the scoreboard stopped working during in the ashburn final but mm-hmm. as we said if that was the worst thing that happened it wasn't too bad like we were well used to disaster situations when in 2020 we uh, had storm dennis we were there on the saturday morning looking at a meteor and was there a red weather warning or would we have to cancel or could we go ahead and we managed to get through the, through that so i think we're well prepared for all situations now um, I know I was at
1: Storm Dennis that day and I got absolutely soaked yeah, on the yeah. sideline on the Saturday so yeah that was amazing that you were able to keep the the show on the road for that day but um, I suppose logistically then uh, as well Jennifer just on the day um, I mean when you had no venue or such and you were spreading it out then over the weekend it was great that the WIT then was able to come on board with you I suppose that was a great help to yourselves having Katie Redmond as well on your committee that maybe she was able to get a small little bit of pull to try and get the, the venue for your finals.
3: Exactly, exactly, because, like, the Wit Arena there, they had the vaccination centre and everything, like, a, for a long time, they were saying they wouldn't be able to, and I suppose we were just so grateful then in the end, and yet having Casey there, to, she she had the whole show running herself down there, I think, along with the rest of the uh, crew in the Witt Arena, like, it left very little for the committee to do. Like, we, we basically just had to show up, and it was brilliant in that sense, they they really they really run a, a good show down there it's great
1: yeah it's a fantastic facility in fairness I suppose looking at all your social media uh, outlets then as well in fairness to Jack he was very good and even provided us with stuff for uh, the Come On Kind podcast for last weekend for a preview of the upcoming games as well which was fantastic the document I've never seen it coming out so well and every bit of information that was in it so fair play to you you do some work on the promotion of it I suppose two things just before I let you go number one um, a bit like the higher education in the GAA an awful lot of games have been streamed live this year when it came to Fitzgibbon Cup and Singerson Cup finals or semi-finals even, even during league games so is that something that the CCAO might be looking at of maybe hiring uh, a crew um, and getting a couple of uh, professional we'll, we'll call them professional commentators in to maybe highlight the sport a small little bit more and get it out in the public eye next
3: year? Yeah like Ideally, I suppose, just to go back on what you said about Jack. First of all, he—I've he, never seen a more uh, enthusiastic pro in, in a, any club or any setup. Like he and he managed to do that while he was managing UCD to, uh, to get to the Ashburn final as well. So fair play to him. But um, on, on the streaming side of things, like. I suppose we were delighted this year for the first time ever we streamed the personal final all all up until now it was just the Ashburn final was getting streamed so we we did that this year and ideally we would love to get more and more of our games um out on on the streaming um services but like I suppose you know yourself anything like that it takes money and oh it does <laughs> not it's not cheap we don't have that kind of backing at the moment um, it, it sponsors or anything like that at the moment we're just l- we're working off of fees from the colleges and whatever we get in on the gates on the final
1: well so this is your opportunity now because this goes out to many a listener all over <laughs> Ireland and the UK even abroad you know you might get a benefactor out in America that has somebody involved somewhere along the line so but if you want pl- plug, plug away Jennifer
3: interested in getting involved because as i said the more the more backing you can get the more you can do with your competitions and the more uh, the more you can push it out in front of the wider audiences
1: Exactly. And just to finish up then with yourselves, we know that you put up a post after the weekend. I suppose you are absolutely wrecked after a huge weekend and a couple of months. Five years over and out was put up on your social media <laughs> account uh, with the profile picture of all the trophies that was there as well. So I take it your five years as secretary of the CCAO is uh, completed. So you can't go into the sixth year, unfortunately, with the rule. But have you an eye on maybe the chair's job for next year?
3: I don't think I could fill Michelle's boots now. But um, look, we need to get uh, plenty more people involved as well. And hopefully we'll get a few nominations from the clubs and then we'll see what happens at the AGM in the next couple of weeks.
1: A politician's answer, if ever I heard it. So that was definitely not a no. So Jennifer Norris may be in the running for the. I said chair, but it's actually the president of the CCAO to give it uh, the proper title. Be following in Mammy's footsteps. Uh, I'd say she's after giving you a few tips now, in all fairness, of what to do. Oh, she
3: has, of course
1: well anyway congratulations to yourself and all the CCAO committee for the wonderful work that you do at the third level colleges as we said the promotion of it has gone up two three in the last number of years which is credit to yourselves and for being able to get it after a two year break back uh, and having the finals in the WIT arena which you did do last weekend and having the two main competitions streamed as well which was fantastic and we look forward to uh, more ongoing work with yourselves Jennifer with the CCAO And certainly if we're still here next year on you with our podcast, we will be previewing uh, and maybe even getting a live podcast, um, if possible, from the CCAO venue, wherever that's going to be next year. Do we have a venue, by the way, for 2023? Not as of yet, no. That's a pity. We could have had an exclusive here on Come On Kind. But anyway, Jennifer Norris, Secretary of the CCAO Committee, thank you very much for uh, joining us on uh, Come On Kind here. Um, And if you do decide to go for the presidency next year, the very best of luck with it and we'll look forward to working with you or whatever committee is going to be there in 2023.
3: Thanks very much.
1: That was Jennifer Norris, the CCAO our secretary of the CCAO committee with the third level colleges and on you. We know that you're mad to get talking about the game. Uh, <laughs> we've had a lot of uh, Kilkenny interest over the weekend mm-hmm. as well in the uh, the Ashbourne Cup. Not very often we haven't uh, senior or intermediate intercounty matches to be talking about, yep. but we are certainly going to. You were at both finals on Sunday. Two great spectacles, from what I believe.
0: Yeah, they were. To be fair, I suppose. You know, going back to the semi-finals, um, I must say um, the skill and the talent that was shown in, from the four teams in the semi-finals on the Wednesday night was absolutely phenomenal. Um, definitely, the game of the night for me had to be UCC and DCU, and I will hold my hand up; I called it absolutely wrong. Um, <laughs> I did call for a UCC to win it out, um, <laughs> you know. But um, talk about you know getting a typical Camogie goal in you know the last sec- couple of seconds of the game from a long-range free. Um, you know, it's something that you could write. I remember, I actually remember the, the year it stormed, De- Dennis was down in um, WIT. I can't remember what match I was at and it was... Um, it was actually the it was the final and UL got a last minute goal again to retain their title and I remember Niall Williams turned around to me and. This you sure is that's like, not
1: the semi-final? It could have been the semi-final against then. WIT
0: Maybe that was it It was because yeah. I was on the
1: AstroTurf that day I remember Justin Heffernan was uh, doing a game and I can't remember exactly which one it was but the next thing we heard a roar <laughs> mm. and everyone looked over onto the ground and Waterford was winning it and right at the very very death yeah. UL was after getting it because they had been four in a row at that stage we yeah. were going for five in a row mm-hmm. you know and it was all on the line for I'll never forget that roar and the weight and everything the water was just dripping off me but yeah it was the semi-final because yeah. Yoel went on and played UCC in the final, final then as well yeah. and won the final handy the enough fi- yeah. if I can remember properly
0: I remember like it was Niall Williams he was about two or three um, seats down in front of me and he even said like what a typical Camogie goal and then the other night in the semi-final again UC and DCU he actually happened to be just standing over from me and he just you know the way you kind of like nearly in disgust or kind of like throwing your eyes up to heaven he just happened to look turn around and I just happened to be kind of just looking around and he was like another typical camogie goal and that's what it was it was a typical and it's no disrespect to the girl that took the free I'm sure she obviously she was going to take her um, hands and all like it was but it sent the game then to um, extra time Um, and you know what my heart kind of went out for DCU after the final whistle of normal time, because I was like, I was fully convinced. I was like, I think UCC have the momentum now to go on in this game. Uh, but you know, they dug their heels in and they got the victory, two points. But it was an exceptional game of Kamoga. I have to say, it was without a doubt for me the game of the night. That was just it. To, to be honest with you, even after this, even after the finals of the weekend, that UCC and DCU game was the game of the the whole week for me. It was absolutely phenomenal. The skill and the talent that was showed was unbelievable then we had obviously um, Mary I were taking on UCD to be honest UCD were just in a different class of their own and um, I did think that they would massively put it up to DCU in the final so then we went off to the final anyway just a little bit about the personal cup I just thought you know obviously a great achievement for um, the Technical University in Dublin Um, if I can recall I think that was their first year in at this level I'm not 100 it's a relatively new college as well as far as I'm aware and you know Kilkenny had one representative in it and Sophie O'Dwyer Um, so great to see her getting it I suppose Um, you know for the Uh, I think Ruth Ryan
1: was on that too
0: Mm -hmm. that's the the blue jerseys that won that final no we'd won Kilkenny girl Sophie O'Dwyer Yeah, Sophie O'Dwyer is the only Kilkenny girl there in that. I think Ruth Fine, was she in... um, She was
1: with TU Dublin.
0: Oh. Definitely. She's not on the programme.
1: Okay, No. Must check that.
0: Yeah. um, The NUIG Galway were absolutely bitterly disappointed after that game. But I have to say for such a young player to me and this is no disrespect to any of the other girls on the NUIG Galway team it was Tiffy Fitz against the Technical University in Dublin she was everywhere she was commanding everything she was taking their freeze she was taking their sidelines you know there were some opportunities where you know if they had someone inside um, you know that had that killer instinct you know the they, you know, she, that when she was delivering the ball in, it would have made a difference. You know, they were, I suppose, they were five points to, uh, to four going in. Um, at were five points to four going in at time, but then the Technical University of Dublin just came out and absolutely blew them out of the water. There was a Neve Gannon there from Neve Jude Club, and what that girl could do with a slitter was absolutely phenomenal. She scored an absolutely marvelous wonder point. Um, you know, went the whole way up the line. I think was it Raybine or Drone Quinn. One of them has a video on it so if anybody can get a look at it on on, on social media do because it was absolutely brilliant um, but yeah you know it was good good competitive game there um, huge congratulations to the, the technical university there Dublin um, and yeah it, was a, it was a, ended in 12 points to 8 in their favour but you know the, the Dublin team came out in the second half and had 6 unanswered points um, to, for NUIG and that was really the difference in that game
1: We definitely had a second person on it because I'm looking at it and she may not be on the programme but okay. Ruth Ryan definitely wore the number 10 jersey on that because uh, her proud mum and dad Michael and Mag out in Thomastown there was uh, on social media at the weekend and they have the uh, the picture with themselves and Ruth up on it because I'm looking at it here at the minute and it is definitely TU Dublin so uh, Ruth may not be on the programme but she was part of it so great that Ruth and Sophie was uh, part of that contingent on uh, winning that so yeah good you're, start to Kilkenny
0: yeah you're actually right there in saying that but she was on the O'Malgan Cup team. So it's great to see the, that that college having two teams in it.
1: Okay. Well yeah. I knew she was on one of the teams yeah. in Dublin anyway and they definitely won a final. Yep, so they
0: did. They um, yeah, so they that was the O'Malley Cup that they had won there and then they obviously it must be their senior team then obviously went on to win the uh Purcell Cup. So okay. yeah, great so, treatment for them. Yeah. yeah, absolutely brilliant. So we were right just two yeah. different teams <laughs> two okay, different we're, teams. We're, we're still okay so <laughs> But it goes to show like the amount of teams that some of the colleges are having. I think UL had three teams this year involved um as you know all the different grades which is great to see like you're talking the bones of maybe what 120, 130 girls you know playing for one college which is phenomenal to see and I suppose when Jen was saying that they cater for over a thousand players you know it definitely shows that Camogie is heading in the right direction Can
1: I ask you as a player and yeah. you've been to college and you've been to WIT and the whole lot right you're with will say the minors you're with the county team you're mm-hmm. playing club you might not even be with the county team you might be with a club team does where success in the Ashburn Cup lie, in the last couple of years, determine where you might go as a Camoge player to pick a college. You might not pick the college for a course, are you going to play camogie with a certain college? And it's not a trick question or anything. I'm, I'm just intrigued to actually know do players actually pick the colleges? Like, I mean, you take it, right? I mean, a lot of players will go to Kieran's College, mm-hmm. right, as the secondary school, the boys in yep. Kilkenny. You know, they may not go to the CBS, they go to Kieran's because Kieran's has the tradition of winning finals and the whole lot, and it's classed as a hurling uh, school. Yeah. So, does the same apply with the colleges? Uh, you picked WIT they were successful um, in the couple of years leading up to it we see that UL had been successful with the last number of years they Mm -hmm. were after winning four or five in a row a lot of players then went in to UL now maybe it's a coincidence that they were doing the same course Mm -hmm. but is it a factor?
0: I think more so for hurling than for camogie it is a factor and I'll one thing I will say about for Komogi and you know especially for any young girl that I suppose is in the middle of doing their leaving search and they're filling out the CAO forms whatever the case may be and if they're so completely driven and they're infatuated with the sport and you know they're really playing at the top of their career and you know they're a player that you know colleges are basically going to be begging to come to them a lot of it I think does fall on the grounds of if they're being offered a scholarship to go to the college and I think that's a big thing Um, I do think I do think you know camogie players are more inclined to potentially go to a college where they're being offered a scholarship to play camogie as opposed to going for the Camogie team if okay that makes so sense. yeah
1: so and, and I'm not saying any colleges doing this now first before yeah. I start getting complaints or anything mm-hmm. sent in to me I'm just intrigued by all this um so you're with would we'll say Kilkenny or Waterford Clare, whoever it is and you're playing very well at minor level and the college comes to your attention right yes. you've come to the college's attention you're very good do they then get onto that player and say look this is blah 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 from ul Dcu whatever we'd love to have You playing camogie with us, we're willing to give you uh, a scholarship or whatever that way.
0: Is that how it's worked? I don't think so. I think, you know, what really happens is when girls are filling out CAO forms, you know, I suppose if their name is kind of out there in the media and, you know, they have a big name in camogie, it's obviously going to go straight to, you know, the GA office within the college and they would probably then make contact to say maybe apply for a scholarship or whatever the case now I'm sure there are now I'm not saying there is but I would imagine that some colleges do approach players to see um, to see if they'd be willing to come and play camogie like I suppose you have a lot of girls maybe doing masters or doing part time courses that would be influenced from that kind of a perspective um, you know I do think I do think a lot of it does fall on the grounds of the scholarship because scholarship is a massive thing um, for any player to be able to get you know it could be you know funding their accommodation They could be funding you know fees or whatever the case may be it, it does help it goes a long way for everybody and it's not just a sports scholarship it's any kind of a grant that anybody's receiving so you know if a player does get the opportunity to go to a college and she receives a grant they are going to take it you know I was I was I spoke to a few people before the Personal Cup game and after it as well and in particular to a college. Now, I'm not saying it was a team that was involved in the Personal Cup and I'm not going to name the team that yeah. it was. And we were just talking about in general colleges come on between, you know, between Dublin, UCC, Mary I, you know, all these teams. And I was very shocked at one point to hear that um, a particular team, and I'm only saying this particular team. I'm not going to say who it was, obviously. But I was very shocked to hear that they can't even get a grounds to train on because they're a Camogie team, and that basically they um, they have to they have to fight for everything that they get. And because they don't have the biggest name and they're not maybe playing at the top level or you know whatever the case may be, um, the pitches and first choice and everything goes to their hurlers, goes to their footballers, ladies footballers, whatever the case may be. They struggle to get a team and. It was even so bad that, you know, it, there was questions of whether they'd be able to afford to put girls overnight if they were to get to a final or whatever the case may be and to me it, it did shock me and I was kind of like you know it's a bit Irish it's really kind of you know misogynist back, really as well yeah, and
1: it brings us back to this point of equality and yeah. everything like I mean if you're going to a college right and I will only use WIT because it's near enough to me yeah. okay so I mean I would see it fairly regular being out there that you know the girls themselves if they have a big game on they get the main pitch to play it on yeah. the boys are the same if the Hurlers Fitzgibbon Cup or whatever they have a big game on they get to play it on the main field now obviously you the other two outside it's probably the same in UCD but I was watching the UCD Fitzgibbon Cup game and I think actually it was UCD and NUIG that they were streaming um, live and they were playing it so now, obviously this fixture schedule was put at the same time UCD had two Camogie games on that mm. night as well one of them was played on the AstroTurf out the back because I remember watching uh, Jerry McGough because he's run actually reminded me of himself um, and I texted him and he was actually refereeing that game that night and the other game was played on the pitch out to the left of it but the Dave Billings park pitch which is the main one in UCD the Fitzgibbon Cup game was on it against NUIG because it was being streamed live mm. and obviously because of the two schedulings but there you go, it just proves the point like this, you know. If
0: it, it does prove a point and I think, you know... There's
1: a big gap still there between the equality. There's
0: like. there's a massive gap and to be honest with you, I was very shocked when I heard about this by this particular college um, because I know when I was in college, like, they were definitely one of the teams that, you know, were always at the top of their game and I suppose maybe because... You know they might not necessarily be playing at the top level that the players are are being disregarded a bit, and like I actually my heart went out to you know i there was a couple of there was a couple of girls that I would have known maybe throughout the years or you know that are still involved in comoga, and you know they were saying that it was very hard and and I remember one girl saying that she was like you know she's like, I can't even get a scholarship to go to, to you know for this college and me, I was shocked. If you knew the player I was talking about, you would be equally as shocked because I was like, this is to me, this is crazy. Um, But is not that going to put a college on a back foot as well
1: because I don't know who you're Mm -hmm. talking about because you haven't said nothing to me about this yet and being honest with you, which is great because that way we can't say anything then Mm -hmm. um, untowards, whatever. But I mean you take a college that's doing something like that and this player, she's going to go along as well as any other player that's there and say, look, whatever the hell you do don't go to that college yeah. because we can't get a pitch to train on. Mm. There's no backing to play camogie here. So unless your course is really what you want to do yeah. to go there. But if you want to play camogie or sports or whatever that mm. way, stay the hell away from it because you're not going to be treated equally.
0: Oh, it's definitely going to happen. And especially, if the, you know, especially when it comes to courses that are, you know, in a lot of colleges, like, you know, maybe like an arts degree, for example, you know, a lot of colleges offer that offer that course. So if, um, if said student was doing an arts degree and she was maybe given an opportunity from another college you know I know if I was in that situation, be I'd jumping be jumping it, and yeah. I'd be going and I'd be going straight for it. And I think you know it was very unfair. And I suppose like you know what a lot of girls maybe echoed is that they you know they train so hard. You know they play more because they obviously they love it and they want to get to, to a certain point. And, um but very hard when they don't have the full backing of the college. It really yeah. really is.
1: Well, two teams that certainly do have backing of colleges is D C U and U C G. And mm-hmm. you were watching the Ashburn Cup final, very first time that D C. You got to the final and on their first final appearance they go along and they win it there was 11 players from Kilkenny mm-hmm. on the panel I don't know exactly how many of the 11 started you were at the game you might be able to fill us in uh, waited, but there was players on the panel from Piltown Dixborough Wine Gap St Lacton's Conaghy James Stevens, Barrow Rangers and Young Ireland and we have to give a special mention of course to our own Neve Dealy who plays with the senior team she was awarded a player of the match in that game so, uh, an outstanding uh, all-round display from Kilkenny girls from DCU and deserved winners
0: by all means. Yeah, absolutely. Six girls started for Kilkenny on the on the DCU team, um, and Shauna Tracy came in as a sub there. Um, Neve Daly, wow, like wow, it, like no words. <laughs> like if the ball was within a hundred meters of her, it was like it was literally just drawn to her straight away. She was. Everywhere. She was winning ball that she had no right to win. Um, she was just phenomenal. She took the game by the scruff of the neck. It was, it really was the Neve Dealey show. She, like, if you were to look for a performance that was 100% perfect, that was it. She was absolutely immense. She was down in her full back line. She was, you know, starting at centre back, commanded the whole thing, driving forward, getting back, getting the hooks, the flicks, you know, if, If Kilkenny are ever needing a number six at senior level, to me, she's there. Like, she was absolutely phenomenal. She couldn't you could not fault her. She did everything that she was asked to do and she was just she was just exceptional. Um well deserved of the player of the match. You couldn't give it to anybody else. You know, I think there could have been a riot in a WIT on Sunday if anybody else was to get it because she was just absolutely phenomenal. She was brilliant. Um also shout out to Jane Cass was excellent as well. Kira O'Shea brilliant as well. All the Kilkenny girls had a great game but DCU just from the get go I suppose first ball that was thrown in uh, Meyer Barrett from UCC got the first ball over the bar next thing Steffi Fitz got a ball put a ball over the bar and just from then DCU just took off they had nine unanswered points I think in the sorry yeah they had seven unanswered points in the first half and ended up, the, for ended up the first half nine points to three and there was no coming back for UCD they just their backs just fought so hard the whole way through the game it was like that there was only a point in it for the whole 60 minutes that they just kept going and going and going it was um, an absolute perfect performance from them all um, speaking to some of the girls after the match I spoke to Jane Cass after it and she was just kind of saying that you know probably having you know gotten beaten with Dixborough against our this is the lift that they needed that the girls have been working so hard I know Seamus and I'm raging because I had, had did an interview with Seamus and something happened and it cut it but the interview he gave was phenomenal it was really good Like and he was just saying that these girls they work so so hard you know he's a former DCU student as well and just to be able to come back and kind of maybe give them something um, you know it was excellent and then obviously Roisin Breen she's won four as a player and now she's won one as a, as a selector Um you, you know, can hear
1: it even in the yeah. If anyone gets the chance to hear it on the scoreline uh, extra, go online and, and you'll hear Roisin's interview on it. Mm-hmm. But there is a girl who has passion. Yeah. No matter what she does, mm-hmm. whether it's with her club, she's yeah. been with UL. And as she said to you, she was terrified to come up and again mm-hmm. UL, especially with the uh, DCU. But the elation on her face and I'd say now when you were interviewing her that day, she probably had a big... Uh, Cheshire cat smile yeah. on her face but like what a phenomenal achievement like you've had two of the Barrow Rangers team that was playing mm-hmm. um, and managing I mean Tommy Wall was there as well yeah. you had mm-hmm. Roisin was there you know Shem Kelly who has been our under 16 manager has been there mm-hmm. as well they have done phenomenal work and for a team to get to an Ashbourne Cup final for their very first time and come away and beat UCD who was one of the top colleges around yeah. in when it comes to Ashbourne yeah, Cup absolutely. they've been there before like phenomenal achievement for him.
0: Yeah absolutely it was great and I just suppose like all over the field for DCU they were just exceptional like Ciara O'Connor from St Martin's she just like you know she gave she led by example you know played a real captain's role um, excellent on her free take and then you had Abby Flynn from Waterford she you know executed her freeze perfectly as well and took a great goal great goal started off by Cueva Dowland who worked so hard to get that ball in but it was excellent uh, Steffi Fitz worked like a Trojan as well Ciara Fieland really came into it in the second half. You know, these girls were hungry. They were eager. They were ready. Um, You know, I'd say I did have a bit of a fear that, you know, obviously, you know, everybody wants a final. They want it to be a great final. And you know, I think I kind of had a fear that maybe would the UCC game go against DCU, the fact that it was very, very tough. It was mentally, physically draining, I would imagine, considering the win that UCD had had over Mary Eye, They probably were, you know, they were a lot fresher and, you know, recovered a lot better from it. But DCU, there was nobody in this country. I would put, I would put any men's senior hurling team up against DCU last Sunday and DCU would have come out on top. They were just phenomenal.
1: Yeah, it's certainly a great achievement for them and for the Kilkenny girls. They will always, as you know yourself, you will always remember mm. your very first Ashbourne Cup uh, final. And actually, I just seen it online and um, today when I was scrolling through Twitter that the old hurl that they used to give for the Ashbourne Cup final. Someone wants to know what the medal was, and it used to be the old hurl that we used to get for the Leinster final mm. wins. Yeah, and it had the four crests of the four original colleges that actually started and okay. um, the Ashbourne. Cup final. Now this medal was going back to 1960 something mm-hmm. um, I think but you could actually see it now. It has been changed for the generic camogie one which yeah. is a pity because it was distinctive you know and it was unique. separate and unique mm. to uh, to everyone but you will always remember your first Ashbourne final win.
0: Oh absolutely like I'll never forget mine. Um, you know it's brilliant and you know these guys are never going to forget it either like it's just you know. I know Paula told it. me
1: never to remind <laughs> you about a banquet.
0: Yeah, no. So
1: we're not going to talk about a
0: banquet. No, we won't. Absolutely not. Um, We, uh, yeah, those (laughs) banquets are great back in the day. They got cancelled for some reason. We don't know why. Um, I have a fair idea why, and I know where and I know who. Um, But yeah, you know they're great. It's um, it definitely is. I suppose, I suppose for a lot of those girls, you know, winning with DCU and even the girls getting um, from UCD as well, you know, going back to intercounty and going back to the clubs now with this medal, it's a massive, massive achievement. Um, you know and it's just it's it's one of those things that they can kind of hold over everybody you know I have this you know you will never get an opportunity to to win this medal and you know it's really great I suppose for UCD definitely you know it, it was just a really bad day at the office and I don't think that was you know anything against them as a team but they just weren't let perform to be honest with you you know like DCU just they had their homework done all over the place they had their game plan done I felt like once DCU started getting on top in the second half the UCD players really started to panic and they just couldn't come to terms with it I think I think UCD didn't they didn't expect DCU to come out the way that they came out and you know they re- they were very much unsettled but you know they can be very encouraged by it I suppose you know they were they won the parcel back in 2020 you know obviously um, Ashburn parcel wasn't played last year so for these girls like, they're really after coming up from they're after coming up from the grade below and you know for the first year in it they're after competing in an Ashburn final which is great to see it you know hugely hugely great for two Dublin teams to be playing in an Ashburn final and you know you had a Dublin team winning the personal cup so it really and they won the Amaranth Cup as well so it really does fall back on you know where is this falling into when it comes to Dublin Camogie as a county in general? If you because the amount of players that from Dublin, like there was only four or five girls that weren't on Dublin from the on the TUD team, and there was uh, there was a good few of them on the DCU team and obviously the UCD team. So you'd have to ask questions as to where is this filtering into Dublin Camogie as well?
1: Yeah, very true. Well, in total, uh, between the Pursa or in the Ashbourne Cup final, I should say, we had fifteen girls on between the two colleges um on panels that was there as well like that is phenomenal so you know it's mm-hmm. it poses as well coming forward for the the club championships um and that as well i suppose we've a break this weekend because there's no winter county uh, competitions on mm-hmm. the next games is going to be played the weekend of the 26th of uh, january no, February, February, and yeah. nearly a month behind myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, twenty sixth of February. So the seniors are away to Clare, yep. and the intermediates then have a game against Waterford, and we're going to be previewing them on our podcast uh, next weekend. They're coming around, taking fast, so they are at the minute. So yeah, they
0: certainly are. Yeah. We're number three into <laughs> season two already. Yeah, it's you know it's kind of getting into the nitty gritty. It's great that the girls have actually got a break as well after the Ashburn, so that they can actually let's. We need a break. Yeah, <laughs> but let's be realistic. Those girls that are after winning Ashburn, winning personal. Winning all these games, even the girls that got to the finals, even the girls involved in the whole week, you know, they want to let loose this week. And, you know, it's great that they do have a week off that they can just go out and they can just enjoy themselves. And they don't have to have the worry of having to trek back of a Tuesday or Friday evening for, for county training, or they don't have to worry about a county match at the weekend, which is great for them because they do deserve it. You know, the the, the, com- the commitment and dedication that goes into college's camogie from everybody. Oh, phenomenal. it's phenomenal. It's great. And, you know, my heart did. Go out to Jack Dunphy after the after the match. I was doing an interview with him, and you could just see he was absolutely shattered from it. And
1: well, between the PRO and I mean, in fairness yeah. to him, mm-hmm. I, I didn't see the program; I only saw the one online. Yeah. But the amount of work that actually went in, and you've seen the the file that he sent me last yeah. week, like for the previews and the whole lot on it, it was absolutely immense. So mm-hmm. you can only imagine uh, the work going on behind the scenes with uh, it. But overall, fantastic weekend for the the third level colleges.
0: Yeah, fantastic weekend for them all and you know Jen and um, everybody involved can be very very proud of themselves you know it went off without a hitch Um, everything was done so professionally it was really good to see and there was huge crowds that turned out even though it was bitterly cold there was huge crowds that still turned out to it and it was definitely a spectacle of camogie throughout even from Wednesday night right through to Saturday and Sunday it was excellent and credit where credit is due they did a fantastic job on it
1: Well they've only one job left to do and that is the all stars which they have to pick and I checked with Jack earlier on and they are actually been picked this evening okay. Um, I believe so when we get them we will announce them uh, as well but that's it we are a small little bit I suppose uh, over time here in the KCLR studios this evening hopefully you have enjoyed or will enjoy this wherever you're listening to your podcast and don't forget to download it and follow the Come On Kind podcast wherever you do your podcasting from it's available on all podcasts uh, and social media networks and keep an eye on scoreline.ie and KCLR as well for all of the latest but that is it from uh, the studios here in KCLR this evening with myself and Anya we will be back again next Tuesday evening previewing the senior and the intermediate games that's coming up against Clare and Waterford but from us here tonight it's a very good night. Thank you Thank you
0: This is come on Kind with Martin Clotty and Onya Fahmi.